0: Thank you I'm Just going to get myself set up. I maybe should have done this a little bit earlier, but yeah how 's everybody doing? Good, good. It was a great time of worship wasn 't it? Like just uh, worshiping Jesus, the worship team did a fantastic job of just centering us on who he is and just uh just praising him and it's such a great time of worship i 'm um, a bit closer to you than usual because of the whole what 's going on here, I'm trying to avoid myself from tripping up, but actually. Quite useful table, really like, quite useful um, but yeah so so I'm just going to start off by quoting somebody so I accidentally muted that then not matthew's fault, my fault so so this is Arthur Wallace, and this is the radical christian so he. So I'm just going to quote this small passage. So he's talking about a true radical. And he says, "At the heart of a human problem is the problem of the human heart, and the only, and the only Christian gospel, and only the Christian gospel claims to touch that. Other religions and philosophies may try to ameliorate his condition, but they leave the root untouched. Only the gospel speaks in terms of giving man a new heart, man and woman, a new heart, and a new spirit. The committed Christian is therefore the product of a radical response to a radical message. But this is the uh, but this is the only the beginning. As you received Christ Jesus, our Lord, continue to live in him, writes Paul. In other words, continue as you began. The first radical steps leads to a radical walk. The New Testament Christian is radical in his outlook. And lifestyle, and then he, he puts this challenge a little bit later on, uh, well, like next page. Um, if any man or woman professes to call him himself a child of God, a disciple of Christ or a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and yet is bereft of this radicalism, he would be well advised to take a long, hard look at his Christian profession. Can it be real without this real gold without this hallmark? So this morning, uh, I'm going to look at being wholehearted, radical disciples, as the the spoiler of the slide being up before I started preaching said. So I really want us to, so we're going to start looking at the early church, uh, the church in Acts. And I just want to point out some things that made them distinctive, that made them radical disciples uh, in those days of the early church. Uh, so will be around chapters Acts 3 to 5 if you want to get there. I'm uh, not going to read all of it. We're just going to jump around though, that sort of area. Um, and it's in it was the, in these days of the early church where God moved powerfully. There was such an amazing sense of God doing things. There was miracles, wonders, healings. They, they had the whole shebang of what God could do in those days. And it's just incredible. The, the, and it all came from their lifestyles, their radical lifestyles, um, and God working through them to become a move of God. And it, whenever I read stuff about the early church, it always makes me think, like, what can I, what can we do in our context like them? How can we be radical uh, and see, see these miracles, these awesome things happen within Manchester, within Wivenhoe? And I just want to hopefully provoke us uh, this morning to to just go after being like the disciples and being radical and wholehearted. So the first story I'm going to start off with is the one in Acts 3. So this is the one where there's a leper at the temple. It's usually called something like the one with the leper. More biblical language than myself. Um, but if you just get there... so. So starting off in with verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at a time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. So one day, Peter and John were doing something completely normal, completely within their routine. This wasn't outside of what they were doing. They were going to pray. They were just walking to the temple. They weren't even at the temple yet. They were on their way there. Uh, and it's just... Just want to get a sense of it's within the ordinary that this happened. It wasn't within uh, a special meeting. It wasn't within uh, anything else. As they lived their lives, they 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 just went they went with their daily routine, and God moved within that routine. So, and then it says, "Now, a man with who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg." With those going into the temple court, and when he saw Peter and John and about to enter the temple, he asked them for money. so this guy, in his everyday routine too of uh, be, being brought to the temple, being there been there for a long time, like so people would know that well people do know this man, so they see him every day as they go to the temple, and he 's been lame for a long time. I think it says how long, but i haven 't written that down in my notes so he so he'd be carried to this place. He would be placed there, and he would be begging every day at the temple gate. So this is something within his routine, and he and there's just this powerful moment which happens after that, where where he asks for money, and well, it's a bit after. But Pete, they look at what well, Peter says to him. Look at us. Do we look like we have any money? Um, basically, that was my, my interpretation there. Sorry, this is going to be some of my my sort of vague interpretation of what what the Bible what the Bible says. So then Peter said, "Look at us." So the man gave them his attention, expecting them to give to get something from them. But that was very much Peter being like, "We don't have any money. We have nothing." Like, like they could have ruffled around in their wallets or their pockets or their tunics, whatever they wore in those days, uh, opened up the wallet to find like oh there 's nothing there, maybe a couple of receipts from when they last went to the the marketplace um, they, maybe I think they had little bags open that, it 's like empty, just flies flying out of everything they didn 't have like a voucher he could, they could give him for tesco 's they didn 't have like an o, a free zero two coffee. Um, they, they, they had nothing on them, nothing at all. And, but for Peter, it probably didn't take him this long, but there was a realization that they had nothing and that there wasn't a penny to their name and there was nothing in their bank accounts, no other assets that they had that they, they could use for this man. But they they knew that that didn't matter. They knew that them having nothing didn't matter because they had something else, they had all authority that had been given to them through Jesus, they had the all authority on heaven and earth, the power to bind and loose things on this in this realm and They had something they could tap into. They could tap into the power that conquered the grave. They could tap into the power that got rid of sin. Uh, they, they They could tap into the power that brought Jesus back to life. They could tap into the power that unleashed the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. They could tap into something which was far greater than anything they would actually own. But they had all access to all of heaven. And in this moment, like Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, and then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. How amazing is that? How exciting is that? That... that, he had, he had nothing, but he had everything that he needed for this man to be miraculously healed, to, to stand, to become instantly strong in the ankles, to walk, jump, and praise God in the temple. How incredible, what a powerful moment. And it was through their radical faith, their wholehearted radical faith, that saw this man stand. So the faith they had, I don't know much about it, but I imagine that... It was something like there was a moment where they sort of thought, oh, I could do something here. I could see something happen here. And what I believe they did is they, like, in that moment, they just put everything into it. They were like, it could have just been a mustard seed of faith of, like, something, just a small sort of sense of I could do something. And just wholeheartedly went, forget about everything else. I'm not going to think about it too much. I'm just going to push it in. I'm just going to going to boldly say, stand and walk in the Jesus' name. Right? And, the, and he walked. Amazing. And it's not something that only Peter could do. We all can do this. We all can have this radical, wholehearted faith by putting all of our, our, all of ourselves into those moments, those moments of inspiration, those moments of faith that stir us I'm sure we've been in them where like you're in a situation where like you're just talking to somebody and they and maybe they talk about one of their their problems, maybe something wrong with their health and i've I've been in this situation where like I've heard this, and then something stirs in me, and it's like I could do something here, but being a bit more more human, I have been thought too much, so it's like, oh, I could do something, and then like a couple of minutes later it's like. Oh but what if what if they don 't get healed? what if uh they don 't want to be prayed for what if uh, they don 't what if I embarrass myself? what if I embarrass god what i don 't know if that 's possible, but what if what if I find myself in a situation which is worse by by doing it and it 's in these moments where I think. Well, well, I would say we almost become our own serpent in the garden where we start to question God, where he says, did God really say say he could heal? Did God really say you'll do greater things than Jesus? Did God really? And it's those moments where we need to to challenge ourselves and be like, ignore the, the serpent serpent in our mind and, and just jump wholeheartedly into that first bit of of faith that we had, whether it's a, a small grain of mustard seed faith, just jump into that and be like, just go for it and say, can I pray for you? And it's a different, it, like, I make it, it sounds so easy saying it. Like, trust me, I'm not trying to make it sound very easy. Well, I am trying to make it sound easy, but it's just that thing of we just need to push through, like... The disciples they wholeheartedly went into every single situation and with the faith that they needed, so they didn 't allow the question they, i don 't believe even Peter probably gave time for the question as we, as Josh shared last week. Peter very much just jumped straight in he doesn 't really think about much, um, which is great, and sometimes we just need to be like that just. Jump straight in, like get that stirring of faith and be like, I want to pray for you. Like, not allowing time to before you sort of shrink your faith down because God can do miracles. God can move uh, in your daily routine, in your situation. And that's how we can see miracles through, through bringing it through, through, getting those stirrings of faith and just going for it, just wholeheartedly saying, Let me pray for you. Like, I don't even think Peter even prayed for him. He just said, "Stand in the name of Jesus." Well, I guess that is a prayer. So, but just boldly going in and just just declaring uh, healing and just just allowing ourselves to to push through because God can do something amazing. God has all power and all authority. None of it's reliant on us. None of it's reliant on anything that we could do. We just need to 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 step out to step out into what God has for us. I think we've all been in the moments where, in those moments, I think just, just that heart of like, I want to step out, and I want to to provoke us to just step out in those uh, those times where we can be more radical, more more wholehearted in the faith, because we want to see miracles happen, don't we? We want to see healings. We want, to see, we want to see signs and wonders like they did. We want to see revival in our generation. We want to see Wivenshaw saved. We want to see Manchester saved. And I think it's just something of just like, let's just wholeheartedly, radically put our faith into it. No matter how much it is, let's just go for it and just just step out in those moments. Like I know like, as King's Church, we've got words over, over us of being a center of healing, of being a place of net-breaking net breaking boat breaking fruitfulness and like let's stir ourselves to have faith to see these fulfilled in our generation to see these things come to pass to see 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 just health and happiness and wholeness come to Wivenshaw. how awesome and amazing will that be seeing that happen and it will all just be from us living our, our routines and taking those steps of faith those radical, wholehearted moments where we just say, I'm just going to step into this moment and I'm just going to offer you prayer. I'm just going to boldly say, be healed in the name of Jesus. I'm just going to boldly proclaim of your goodness in this situation. And just those moments can really change people. It can really change lives and really change our city. And it, we can stir our faith even more through our wholehearted, radical prayers. There's a slightly small part, it's, well, smaller passage uh, in between a lot of the stuff. So um, we're going to skip through some of the stuff. We're going to go to Acts 4, but I'll just give you a bit of what's going on. Um, so basically, the guy gets healed. Awesome. Amazing. Um, but, and people see, and they're like, oh, wow, this guy's just got healed. He can walk. And all the onlookers were like, oh, Jesus is awesome. And then the Sadducees, they came along and was like, oh, this guy just got healed. And they're like, oh, we don't really want people talking about this. Because this shows a lot of what Jesus can do. Um, this this sort of comes against a lot of what we, we talk about. And they were like, how can we, we stop this getting out? Uh, how can we stop them? Because they were like, oh, we can't really say the guy hasn't been healed. Which is quite funny. They're, like, like, they're just like, we can't really go around saying he's not been healed when he's just walking around. But that's, again, my interpretation of what the words were saying. <laughs> um, but... They, they said instead what they thought is, oh, let's go to Peter and John and let's, let's almost threaten them with punishment and be like, don't talk about this and you'll be fine. So they, they go and do this. And Peter and John, being the radical disciples they are, they were like, eh, nah, we're still going to talk about Jesus. Like, And the Sadducees, they uh, did nothing, which is amazing. Um, like and then you come to this passage where where they're released and in Acts 4:23 to 30 so on their release Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them when they heard this they raised their voices together in prayer to God sovereign God you made the heavens and the earth page change and you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus whom you appointed, and they did what your power and they did what your power and will you had decided before should happen and God. Well, this bit's not in the Bible. But God, we saw what they did to Jesus. We saw what has gone on. We heard their threats, their accusations against him. We saw the punishment that he faced. We think they may be after us now. Any chance you could just uh, get rid of him for us, please? Just uh, knock them off. Uh, just smite them a little bit. Um, it would make us talking about you a whole lot easier, Jesus. Um, just a... Uh, is that okay, Jesus? Is that okay? Thankfully, that's not what they prayed. Just so you know, I'm not being too heretic. well. Not that that's not the message here—that God's going to spite people. But what they but what they prayed was far more radical, was far more different than than just wanting God to solve it. Um, so. So they said, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hands to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Give us boldness, was their cry. Give us boldness. We want to see your kingdom come. We want to see healing signs and wonders. Give us more of what what caused this to happen. Give us more, but give us boldness, God. And they were crying out for a move of God to happen. But they were crying out for boldness within themselves. They weren't crying out for for it to be easy for them. Which is probably what I would have been crying out. God, make it easy. Please just, uh, just make my way really clear. And just make it so it's just smooth. But they weren't praying that. They were praying, give me boldness, God. Give me boldness. How... How wholehearted of a radical prayer is that? That they weren't, they weren't looking, they were wanting to to be bold. They wa- weren't wanting just to, to come in and just to have everything go smooth smoothly. They were just wanting boldness, a fresh sense of boldness. For God to shake things up in their lives. They wanted to give their all in this. And they knew that they needed boldness to do that. They, needed, they knew that that's what they needed to pray. And after they prayed the, the place where they, meet, where they were meeting was shaken. How amazing of a prayer meeting is that? Like, literally, like, they're shaken. Like, the, and the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them. They're filled afresh again. And they spoke the word of God boldly. How awesome. that You know, when we come together and pray, and we pray, like, and we just cry out from our hearts with everything that's within us, with our whole heart, just these radical prayers. God, give us boldness. The Holy Spirit comes and pours out on us. And that's when we... God just does work within us. He shakes our lives. He shakes our hearts, and and it just brings us into a fresh realm that and that wholehearted prayer can provoke your wholehearted faith, and it just moves you, and you just grow closer to Jesus. You grow closer in that relationship, and you start. And as you do this, you start looking more and more like Jesus, as you just allow His boldness to soak through you, and you invite God to shake you up, to shake you up, and just to to pursue that wholehearted radicalness that we're all called to as disciples of Jesus to be wholehearted radical disciples so let's not shy away from being a bit outrageous with our prayers let's not shy away from like being bold in asking God to, to do a work within us, to do a work of bringing us to a place where we can proclaim the gospel with even more boldness, with even more strength, with even more power and authority to see a move of God happen. Let's be bold and, and outrageous with our prayers. And let's just, just to cry out for a move of God. And it's amazing that they... they like After this, they went out and started to, to proclaim the gospel. And they saw amazing healings and signs and wonders. And together they, they saw God move. It's so important in our, that we should be praying. If we really want to see a move of God, we need to wholeheartedly, passionately, radically pray for a move of God. And, it, and if, if you're in a situation where you just don't know what to pray, just go to the Lord's Prayer. Because that is a, an awesome, radical prayer. So your kingdom come, God, give us what we need, give us what we need, give us everything, give us boldness, give us strength, give us courage so that we can see your kingdom come, God, so we can see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What a bold, radical prayer that is that Jesus told us to pray. And if, we, and if we pray this wholeheartedly, because I think sometimes with the Lord's Prayer, we can, like, some people think it's just a bit religious, but it's not. Once you, If you put your whole heart into this prayer, if you put everything of yourself, you know that this prayer can change you. This prayer can change our, our city, can change our nation, can change us. And we can, it's just those radical things that shake us up where we just pursue, like, praying God radical praying to God with radical prayers that shake us that allow the holy spirit to come and change our hearts so that we can be more radical we can't be more we can't be radical without the holy spirit because the holy spirit is the one who empowers us who strengthens us like we can we can try in our own strength but it won't work it's only through him that we can see we can become wholehearted radical disciples it's only through praying together that we're able to to lay our lives down, to lay them down, to sacrifice ourselves and to give our all to something great, to give to just give Jesus everything. And it's when we start laying our lives down, like it's in that wholehearted like laying down of our lives where where God can move becoming wholehearted servants because whole wholehearted radical servants lay down their lives for each other for the church like in the passage afterwards uh, they, this is where they talk about they, they sold things to so that nobody was in need they sold everything they had so that nobody needed anything great still still got time <laughs> um but they were radical in what they did. They, they were radical in being servants and being wholehearted, radical servants, going beyond their means, going beyond what they can, selling off so that nobody had a need. It's, that is such a radical, this is such a radical church, a radical, uh, wholehearted people who are just going after all of God's kingdom. It's amazing. And I really believe that God calls us to, to go after him with all of ourselves. I believe God, God, I feel what God wants to say to us this morning is, or the challenge he wants to give us is that I want everything or I want nothing. I want everything or I want nothing. Because throughout the Bible, throughout the scripture, there's different stories where God gives this challenge of like all or nothing challenges. Because he wants our whole, whole selves. He wants everything. And there's this story afterwards with Ananias and Sapphira. And Sapphira, I think it is, where where they—it's a story almost about half-heartedness, because they they had some stuff that they could sell off, and they they went and sold it off. But what they did is they, they kept some for themselves and they gave some to the apostles. And the apostles knew this because they talked with God and God knows everything. Um, but and they and they rebuke for this. But what I believe it is because it says, "How is Satan?" how is it that satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the holy spirit satan took on the heart and made it half-hearted not whole-hearted as we pursue with a whole-hearted radicalness like that is how that's how god moves and he doesn't want us to be half-hearted in what we do he wants all or nothing he wants everything every part of our being And this is, a, this is a call that is constantly given to us through revelation to, to the church. Like, it's Like, you're lukewarm. I don't want you lukewarm. Like, you're, that's half-heartedness. I want you either hot or cold. Like, I can deal with you then, but I want your whole heart. He said, like, and Jesus, while he was around, said, I give you the option of life or death, which is essentially all or nothing. Do you want everything or do you want nothing? Life or death? Choose life, he says. So give your all, give your all. And then there's that story where Jesus uh, has that rich man come and he's like, I want to I in- inherit kingdom, the kingdom of God. I want to see these things that you're seeing. And it's like, sell off everything and come follow me. Get, have nothing and come and get everything is what, what he said. Well, what essentially it is. Get rid of everything, become nothing and get, and you can gain everything of the heaven, of the kingdom of God. I think that is the call. He wants everything. That man, he couldn't he couldn't give give up that stuff. He 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 just walked away He's like, "Oh no, I like my I like my stuff. I'm going to keep it." And he didn't really see the greater purpose, the greater thing of the kingdom of God. The the they seeing the eternalness of what God has got in bringing uh, bringing a move of God to 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 us to Manchester. That's what we want to see. We want to see a move of God. And I believe like, the, the way he does it is through his people. He gets us. He, he moves within us. And then we move and we become the move of God as we out in our, in our world, in our routines. We become the move of God when we allow God to move within us. And, he, and to do that, he wants us to give us his all. He wants us to give us everything. He wants us to give up just to put our whole hearts into him. The early disciples, they knew that it needed wholehearted radicalness. They knew that it was an all or nothing call. They knew that the same way that God had given his all for us, the same way that God went to the cross and he gave up everything for us, the same way that he, he left all, all of heaven to come and die on the cross so that we may experience him, so we may go, in, go, go, go into a relationship with Jesus. He knew that it, it would take him giving his all for us, and, he, and our response should be to give our all back to him. That's all he he wants. He wants our—I say that's all he wants, but that's everything. That he wants our whole heart. He wants our everything, and it, it's worth it. Like that's the thing. Like Jesus, we. It's that looking towards what Jesus has given us. Like he, like he asks us to give up everything, but he has got so much more in the heaven realm. He gi- he gives us all authority on heaven and earth. He gives us everything. He gives us full access to the throne room. He gives, like what Naomi was sharing, when we, he gives us openness into all of his house all of his kingdom we can go and get what we need and bring it down to earth because he has given us everything He has opened every door there's nothing hidden away from us in our relationship with jesus he has given us everything and he just wants everything he just wants our all he just wants us to be wholehearted and pursuing him and being radical disciples just go on a read from another book So it says, tomorrow's world belongs to those who today have been caught, caught up into his larger purpose and program. It belongs to those who understand that they are born into something already going on, something which, in which they have a significant part to play. This is not a pay, pay, perical view. don't know what that word means, but I should have really skipped over it. View of those trapped in limited vision they work inside the context of a cosmic view of life, constantly seeing the immediate in the light of the ultimate. By their faith, they keep pushing out the boundaries of life, not allowing themselves to be trapped by the success of their previous achievements. They have learned to distinguish between the temporal and the eternal, never allowing the latter to, jeopardize the, be, to be jeopardized by the former. They have been careful in their choice of relationship, to be sure it is with those who share a common vision and destiny, they don't run with those who will, who will trap them in the smallness of the world of fading dreams and mean, and mean hopes. But rather they run with those who challenge them to greater things, whose faith and zeal are as iron sharpening iron. In pressing on, they know what to forget and what to remember, what to leave behind and what to carry forward. I am convinced in reading the scriptures that, the, that preceding the return of Jesus Christ, such a generation of committed Christians will emerge it is these people who will provide the line of faith for Christ's return, for Christ's reentry into the time-space world. It is this generation's response in obedience of faith to the radical nature of the gospel that will cause the world to reexamine itself and seek after God. It is this generation that will hasten the day of His coming. Let's not pro- let's not project what I am saying to the future. Ours is the opportunity and privilege of rising in faith to this call. We can, we can be that people that, collect, that collectively rejects the compromised, neutralized lifestyle of mediocre Christianity instead becomes a people of burning hearts, passionately advancing the kingdom of God across the earth. We can be that people. We can become that people. It's just allowing God to move within us. To give our all, to give our wholeheartedness, to become wholehearted radicals. So do you need need God to, to put the kettle of your heart on again? Do you need to start dreaming the radical dreams again? Do you need fresh life to be poured out on the things that have gone cold? It's all for Jesus. Our wholeheartedness can really change Wivenshaw. Being wholehearted, radical disciples who just put everything into it can really change change Wivenshaw, can change Manchester. So I'm just gonna pray. So just a simple prayer. God, I'm actually I'm gonna pray pray what they prayed. That's what I'm going to pray. I'm just going to get back to that story. What the disciples. So, Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth and the seas. And everything in them, you spoke by your Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father G- David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The king, kings of the earth, rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against His anointed one. Indeed, people are making plans against us. People may be conspiring against us, and people and they conspired against your Holy Servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what they what your power had decided before should happen. And consider, consider our situations, God. Consider our workplaces, our friends, who you know their hearts, God. You know what's going on. You know our situations, God. God, I pray that you'll allow your servants to to speak your word with great boldness, God. To speak your word through us with great boldness in our context, in our situations, God. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Come, God, give us boldness. Amen.